This is the Real Estate Rookie Show number five. So I talked to my agent. I'm like, listen, I need to release a contract or I'm offering something like 20 grand for this house. And she just kind of laughed. She's like, yeah, you're not going to get that. So I'll send you the contract. I'm like, all right, cool. So an hour later, she calls me and she just like is laughing. She's like, oh my God, they took $20,000. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. She's like, they took 20 grand. She's like, I never would have thought they would have taken $20,000. She's been doing this for you know, 15, 20 years, her and her husband. They have 60 rentals themselves. She's like, I want this for $20,000. I'm Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Felipe Mejia, who's here to give us a full weather report from Daytona Beach, Florida. I always get nervous about what you're going to say. I'm like, okay, how is she going to introduce? How are we going to play this out? I got to be ready. So I'm like looking yeah, around. Do you know what the is she see- forecast? <laughs> it is beautiful out here. I actually rented a small hotel room by the beach for this recording. I was super excited about it. Maybe, you know, got rid of the parrot. I have the ocean behind me. It's 85 and sunny. It's a gorgeous day. But it's kind of sad, though, because there's no one on the beach uh, for good reason. But it is what right. it is. Right. That has to be weird to look at, though, just the, the empty It's beach. really strange. Yeah, yeah, it is. How is your family but, uh, doing? Yeah, everyone is good. Um, we're, like I said, like I said in the last show, we're out here on five acres in Daytona, Florida. My son's running around, getting tired, doing his thing. Yeah, uh, we bought him good. a small pool and a trampoline so that he can, you know, enjoy enjoy the outside. So he's really loving that. How's your family, Ashley? How's everyone uh, up north? Good, good. I put my kids to work this weekend in a, a rehab unit. So my son, my six-year-old, he did great with the screwdriver. He took all the poles and the hinges off of kitchen cabinets for me. So that was great. I didn't have to do that. And he did it all. And I only had to make him pizza as payment. So we're yeah, good luck with that when they're yeah. good luck with that when they're teenagers. They're gonna be yeah. they're gonna be they're gonna be asking you for for a check. I can't wait till my yeah. son can help me with my rehabs though. Yeah. So that's yeah. exciting. So today's show is a lot of fun. We did the Facebook Live again, and we had on uh, three investors who either just closed on a deal or are in the process of closing on a deal. And it's interesting to hear their perspective on why they're still going forward, even uh, with everything that's going on. And I love... uh, you know, their perseverance, their endurance, you know, they then they have great energy. Um, so the three we talked to today is Jeremy, Kristen, Kristen and Raphael. Yeah, they were really cool because they talked about how, like you said, perseverance, I think, seemed to be key, that they had to push through what was going on even more than, you know, typically having to push through real estate investments and purchasing properties. Mm-hmm. Now you have this pandemic on top of that. So pushing through that. And then, you know, Jeremy talks about, of pushing through, making sure that the rehab is going to finish, getting everything done, and and getting a huge discount on his purchase price, close to twenty grand, I believe. So that was really interesting. And these are not experienced investors who you know have gone through a crash before or have done this for years. Each of them only have two or three deals under their belt, or this closing might be their second or third. So I'm really excited to talk to them more. Let's bring on uh, Jeremy, Kristen, and Raphael. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? 
Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent. T-O, retirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. So today we're going to start out with Jeremy. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? Good, man. Just hanging out. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and what you've invested in so far? I am out of Avon, Ohio, uh, west side of Cleveland, about half hour, 40 minutes west of Cleveland. I am a educational aide for high school where I work with special needs and a full-time strength conditioning coach. I have two investment properties, a condo in Lakewood, and I just bought a single family home in Elyria, Ohio. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, is the single family you just purchased during this whole pandemic thing and everything that's going on? Yeah. So I started in December looking for more uh, investment properties, making my offers. Nothing was clicking. And then this actually particular property, it's a two bedroom, one bath, 700 square foot with a 180 foot uh, or 180 square foot sunroom and closed sunroom off the back. And the day I went to originally see it, it had gone contingent, but I'm like, I'm still going to go see it just in case, you know, you never know. So yeah. went, went and saw it. I liked it, did a walkthrough, crunched my own numbers and came back and, you know, it was contingent. So I didn't bother with it. Didn't even make a backup offer. And it came back on the market. When it came back on the market, I immediately 
texted my agent. I was like, let's offer on this house. The asking was $45,000. It was sitting on the market for over a hundred days. And this was like, man, like two weeks before Corona happened and offered 35 on it. The seller media was like, no problem, 35, but the seller lives overseas. So they wanted to use their closing title company and everything. Cause they've done, you know, closing titles with them before. I'm like, fine, but I want 32,000 now. Um, I just finished Jay Scott's book on negotiating. So I was like, I learned through there. If they don't get right. the original number, come back and keep going. So they're like, yeah, no problem. 32 is fine. So then I'm like, okay, I might have even more wiggle room. 30. <laughs> Let me keep going. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, 32 is fine. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, now I had like 30, 28 in my mind after inspection. So, cause my walkthrough, I mean, there is, you know, it's a, it's a rehab. So there's a foundation issue. I only noticed the one wall. And so I started lining up on my inspection. The first day of inspection, there's something that happened and it got delayed. And then we set up the second time for inspection and it got delayed. So I had to have these two extension periods for inspection. By this time, they're like, they're kind of frustrated. And my agent's like, listen, they would rather stay in contract right now versus backing out. Because this is when Corona started happening. So this is probably, I would say, five days into everything where I finally got my inspection, the report comes back and basically my inspector's like, listen, like three out of the four walls in the basement got have problems. The sunroom in the back, the slab sloping towards the house. There's plumbing issues like the kitchen sink. They ran the sink down into the slop sink and then had a pump, pump it out of the basement wall or out of the basement window, which I didn't notice at first. I just- That's not normal? <laughs> yeah, like I guess that's normal for that rental. So- He's like, you need to call a plumber ASAP because that's going to be a big issue. So all the alarms start going off in my head. I'm like, I got to get out of this. So I talked to my agent. I'm like, listen, I need to release her contract or I'm offering something like 20 grand for this house. And she just kind of laughed. She's like, yeah, you're not going to get that. So I'll send you the contract. I'm like, all right, cool. So an hour later, she calls me and she just like is laughing. She's like, oh my God, they took $20,000. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. She's like, they took 20 grand. I'm like, she's like, I never would have thought they would have taken $20,000. She's been doing this for you know, 15, 20 years, her and her husband. They have 60 rentals themselves. She's like, I want this for $20,000. <laughs> she's like, but you need to close like ASAP. And at that time, it was like Wednesday, the 15th. And we were already set to close on the 17th that Friday. So I'm like, all right, let me rerun the numbers just to make sure and make my calls. So I hang up, I call my foundation guy and as a strength coach, one of the clients I train, her husband is a plumber. So I use a lifeline right there. And I'm like, I called her up, got her husband's number and made basically like an emergency meeting at this house within an hour. We did another walkthrough. The plumber looked at everything. And when it was all said and done, the, what came from inspection added another like 2000 to my uh, renovation budget. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Let's go. So I called my agent, like, send me the papers. Let's close on this. Uh, I'm good to go. She's like, great. Send me the papers. We start working and closing. The title company called me Friday when we were set to close and they go, Hey, we couldn't file the papers today because the courthouses and everything, they were just at hours and they didn't find out about it till Friday. She's like, so we got to push it to Monday. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like, as long as we close, no big deal. Well, that Sunday, our governor came on and basically was just like, we're shutting the whole state down. Only essential people. 
And I'm sitting there like, I'm supposed to close on this house tomorrow. This may actually fall through. I'm not going to get this deal. I'm starting to get aggravated. So my wife, Carly, we both start looking up and he referenced the Homeland Security Act that they're going to follow. We literally looked up the Homeland Security Act of who are the essential employees, yeah. who's going to be working, who's not going to be working. <laughs> and we see title companies, blah, blah, blah. They're essential. And I'm just like, look, I'm like, all right, awesome. We can do this. Did you ever have any fear in your mind though? Like with everything that was going on, like going through with the deal? Not really, yeah. just because it's the house was getting paid in cash and I knew worst case scenario, I would just sit on it. And, right. you know, I, I don't have any payments besides the interest for the HELOC. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could just wait it out. And especially with the deal that I got on it, like I knew I had plenty of wiggle room with this. Um, Cause originally it was going to be a, a burr and I was probably going to have to leave like three, $4,000, but now getting it at 20. I'm like, okay, my, <laughs> this is going to be a burr and I'm going to get everything back and maybe hey, Jeremy, take myself. Jeremy, earlier you said that your the sellers were overseas. Where were they overseas? Do you know where they were? That I do not know. I didn't get that information, but basically when my agent called me, she's like, yeah, with everything going on, they just want to get out of it and they're done with the house. I'm like, I'm wondering if they were in a position where they had to sell and you know, that's probably why you got it for 20 grand. I mean, that's an amazing story. You're going to be able to burn all your money out, maybe even some more, pay off your line of credit, which I'm assuming your game plan is going to be, you're going to have a crush deal. You have no money in the deal and you're going to have cash flow month after month after month after you're done fixing it. That's awesome. That's like the perfect scenario. It doesn't hurt to ask. You know, if you wouldn't have asked, then you never would have gotten that deal. The worst they can say is no. And my agent said she kind of like said it passively and thank God she just like threw it out there because I would have been out of the contract. But yeah, I just, you always ask the questions. And I mean, with all everything that I've been reading from bigger pockets, it's always ask why or always, the worst thing they can do is say no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm always about the why. Yeah. It's not like they're going to hunt you down or anything like that. It's just, yeah. just ask the question as to why if they say no. Okay. Why? And if yeah. they don't budge on your number, or if they easily say, yeah, we'll take that. You have wiggle room. Keep working it down. Cool. That, Jeremy, that's that's amazing. That's a great story of persevering. It sounds like you had to hit a lot of little bumps there. Sounds like you're doing, you're going to do, you're going to do great. You're going to crush it. Tell us what the ARV is going to be. How do you feel like the rehab is going to go? And then talk to us a little bit about tenants. So right now the ARV was looking conservatively at 75. Good. You know, I always low ball it. I was like, all right, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, it's a $100,000 house. No, it's, it's let's say conservatively 75. The renovation budget, I was looking at about 30. And originally me being working full time with the school, I mean, it was mainly going to be contracted out. But now we don't have school. You know, I'm still getting paid. Luckily, I have all this time now where I'm, I'm handy. I, I can do during the summers. I do a lot of handiwork around the community. So YouTube's great. Everything you can kind of YouTube and how to do it yourself. So my renovation budget just came down a little bit more because I'm going to be able to do a a lot of it myself. And then rents in the area are conservatively $850 and up. So I should be able to get it fully rehabbed, $900 to $950. How long do you think the rehab will take you? It'll take me no more than two months. Yeah. Basically, the big chunk of it I'll be able to get done in the next three weeks. But I'm getting full all-new replacement windows. So that's going to be, they estimate a four to six weeks. So I'm looking at no more than six weeks. I should be in there and all renovated and good to go. This coronavirus quarantine kind of came as a positive to you. 
that you have this time now to rehab over the next couple months. And, you know, in your own private rehab, you're still pretty much quarantined. You know, it's not like you're My wife, she's seven months pregnant. So got a little bit of time before the baby comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About 40 days. So I'm going to crunch away for the next 30 until <laughs> right. our, our little girl comes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Are you worried about finding tenants at all? Or are you, how's the market they're looking for you? Are you, or is there any, any concern there? I'm not too concerned with that. My plan was to start kind of, you know, take a, take the front picture of the house and kind of get it out there and start getting feelers of getting applications rolling, still listing it. I know some people are like, don't do it till it's fully rehab, but like I said, why not, why not list it? And maybe I'll get a tenant and say, Hey, coming to market in, you know, five weeks or this date, um, fully rehab home with and list what I'm doing. And maybe I'll get some hits off it, but worst case scenario, you know, I don't, and they want to see the inside and wait till it's done. So like I said, I'm not, not overly concerned with finding a tenant. I know it'll happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And we have a comment here from Nathan on Facebook. He says, you should go back to the sellers and ask them if they have any other deals they are trying to sell. And that is a great point because I always say the same thing. (laughs) And go ahead and post them in the Rookie Real Estate Facebook private group so some of us can get some of that bread, man. That's amazing. I want a $20,000 house that I can rehab. I'll talk to my agent after this, actually. That was a good idea. Yeah, yeah I would definitely go back. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. On Instagram, someone bought like a bunch of uh, plumbing materials and stuff off Facebook Marketplace. And they said, oh, yeah, it's an investor. He owns 60 plus units. He's selling, you know, his portfolio, getting rid of his inventory. And I'm like, you got to ask, <laughs> are you selling those properties? Who are you selling them to? Can I buy some? Don't worry about the plumbing stuff. Yeah. Where's the yeah. house at? <laughs> what yeah. are you worry about the plumbing stuff? Very fortunate, too, with like my renovation. Uh, my wife's family, they own a Um, online liquidation auction company so they get pallets of flooring vanities toilets so i'm just like they're like yeah go grab whatever (laughs) so that helps as well with the uh the rehab so what would be one tip you could give our listeners today about your situation and the coronavirus and everything that's going on now do you have like one piece of advice you could give everyone listening if you're not not over leveraged and the, the numbers work go for it. Um, especially if you have the ability to kind of sit on it and wait it out, definitely pull the trigger. But, you know, like, like I said, don't be just because of this going on, don't be afraid to go out and still look at deals, make offers, uh, make your low offers and, and keep, keep whittling that number down. Um, but if the numbers make sense and you can sit on it, you're not over leveraged, go after it. Why not? That's awesome, Jeremy. Thank you for what you're doing in education. Before we get on to the next verse, I just want to say thank you. I have a little brother who is a special need classes and he talks about being outside all the time. He hates the classroom, but loves being outside with his <laughs> PE coach. And, and, and so thank you for what you're doing, Jeremy. You're doing awesome. Keep crushing it in real estate. Thanks for coming on the show and we'll see you next time. But for now, we're going to bring in Kristen. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited. I stalk yeah. you guys almost every day. <laughs> I'm proud of you. We're happy to talk with you today. We're excited. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have going on in real estate right now? What I have with it, it's been more one seller. This particular house has been sitting there for five years, and I was able to get the house from a wholesaler. For this particular house, it's 1,300 square feet. I'm in a neighborhood is right next to a high school, which is not too bad. And it is in a floodplain. However, it doesn't flood, you know, as bad or anything. So it's a lot of people that's renting in that neighborhood, a lot of student rentals. 
Okay, so where are you investing right now? In Columbia, South Carolina. I'm sorry. Okay. Tell you okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so this is your second deal, and it's going to be buy and hold, correct? Or is it a flip? Buy and hold. Yes. It's buy and hold, but it's, it is the full renovation. Okay. Where'd you meet the wholesaler? And uh, tell us a little bit about the property, the numbers, and uh, you know, go through the deal. On Facebook Marketplace, I kept this person posting um this deal. Who keep posting this deal? It was a nice deal too. The numbers were like forty, okay, forty thousand. Where he had under contract for forty thousand dollars, but three thousand, and the ARV was around one hundred sixteen thousand five hundred. The most I've seen sold was like around one hundred forty. With it being one hundred forty thousand with less renovation, and this would be a full gut renovation to be around fifty thousand. Okay, oh, it's not bad. I had the money to purchase it myself, but I was gonna get my let me the money for the renovation as of yesterday. But um, I'm still gonna buy the house though, regardless because this is a good deal. I can sit on it until uh, an actual lender to go for it. Yeah. So what happened with that lending? And was it private lender or a bank lender? It was a hard money lender. At first, he said, um, "Me the money for." And the reason why it can be for just for the renovation because he wasn't sure about his money due to the whole coronavirus. So I said, okay, then yeah, just lend me the money for the renovation and I'll pay for it, purchase the money for the purchase the house. Yeah, as of yesterday, he decided not to go for it because he said he wow. found out the house was a floodplain. And he said, due to the fact he doesn't know what's going to happen later on, he's going to go ahead and just fall back on this one. So, my attorney asked if I still wanted to go through the deal. And I said, yes, I still have the money. I'm going to go ahead and buy the, the house. I'll just have to just look around for someone to, you know, help. Uh, but I'm still going to buy the house. So what steps are you taking now to find someone to help out with those renovation costs? I feel like a lot of private money lenders are are doing the same thing. They might be a bit skittish to invest right now until they find out what's going to happen with the economy. Well, I'm probably going to market it. I am a part of a... Uh, a local RIA, so mm-hmm. I'll come know that I just need renovation, and I'm willing to give them a, above average of the return. I do 10% usually, so I'll come just see if they would like to then, you know, about 6000 for the renovations, and then they'll get their money back, and then $6,000. The thing about private lenders, as a real estate rule, it's hard to find legit private lenders, so that's been tough that I've noticed that too. That that's been kind of tough for me. So, I mean, I'm gonna just keep on marketing it. I'm still gonna get the house though, regardless. And I have a cousin who's a contractor, so he'll be able to help out whenever he can. Or if I'm not able to get him, then I'll get my other contract, multiple other options. So, Kristen, you sound like a go getter. It sounds like you're you don't care what the obstacle is. It looks like you're gonna just bust right through it. And I mean, that's the kind of attitude you gotta have to be successful in this game. So I'm really excited to see the outcome of this. Please come back and post it in the Facebook group, in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. We'd love to see the outcome of that. Do you have any worries about tenants or anything post renovation and any of that? Or what are you thinking? No, I don't because the plan was like hopefully after the Airbnb. And then possibly get um, higher property management to find tenants. So I will allow them to find a tenant for me. Like I do have, you know, I do have a regular full time. I have other side hustle job besides real estate investing. So to me, it'd be more easier to just hire a property manager to find the tenants. 
for me. And if, if they can't find tenants, then I can easily just get Section 8. Come on in. That's awesome. Yeah, we're really excited for you. Um, do you think that there's going to be anything strictly from the coronavirus that's going to affect you directly? And what advice do you have for everyone going forward that's, you know, trying to look for their first deal right now or maybe waiting to close on a deal? Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest about the whole coronavirus pandemic <laughs> when it comes to real estate, because people, they still need a place to stay regardless of what where you are right now so i'm i don't even i don't maybe because i'm still new but i don't see the, the whole big deal of, about people being so scared about real estate investing unless you're just over leveraging now you over leveraging right. that's on you <laughs> i don't see it affect me at all the only thing that it that i'm pretty sure i can get somebody in there i mean i, I don't know too many people who want to be home yeah. i don't I really like Kristen's attitude. Kristen, I really I I enjoy your, your feedback, your, your, I mean, your energy. I think you're, I think you're going to go far in real estate, girl. You have this go getter attitude, this, and you're smart about it. You're like, I don't want to be over leveraged. You know, I want to make sure that it's something that I can do. You're, you know, that people need a place to stay, right? Heads and beds is the name of the game. So I love that attitude. And that's exactly what you need to win in this game. You're not skittish. You know, you're going to do well. Um, you're not scared of a rehab during this pandemic and, and good for you, girl out there crushing it. I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm excited to see what comes out of this one. Please post it. We'd love to follow up. Yeah. Great job that you're doing. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Man, she was really, I, I really enjoyed her. Like someone like that's like a refresh, like they just not scared, ready to right, rock and just roll. The energy I mean, and just geez. this didn't work. So I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> nice love attitude it, love to it, have. It. And I loved how she sat. And this is why I, every time we talk to guests, I love hearing their opinion on things and how she said, yeah, people don't want to be homeless. People are still going to need homes. And I thought that that was a great point. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. 
but you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act, a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Ricky and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. All right, so before we get to Raphael, we actually have a question here. Any opinion on buying a house hack during this epidemic? What do you think, Ashley? I think that's the best strategy. Right now, honestly, because as long as you by yourself could afford the mortgage payment and, you know, your property taxes, insurance, you can afford that on your own. And then you still house hack and that is just the cherry on top. That's just extra money coming in. So I think house hacking is a very safe strategy right now if you are not over leveraged and you can still afford that payment if you can't find roommates or rent your other unit. I I think that's a safe strategy to go. What do you think, Felipe? I agree 100%. House hacking right now is probably king on the rental property side of real estate. Mm-hmm. Not speaking about flipping or, you know, wholesaling or any of this. I think when we're talking about buying holds like Airbnb and renting traditionally and all these other ways to do it, I think house hacking right now is king because even if you lose one tenant, you still have three others or two others or whatever the case may be. Plus you're living for free. So you're able to deploy your finances in other ways. You don't have the stress of, oh my gosh, I got to make my mortgage payment. You have two or three other people who are in the house together as well. I almost see it. You get to quarantine together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I almost see it. And make sure you have your little Purell bottle right there as they walk in, like making sure everyone's sanitized. Yeah, I think house hacking is, is, is probably one of the best things you can do right now. As long as like, like Ashley said, that you know that you can pay the mortgage by yourself. You're not over leveraged. Your tenants that are in there are uh, the cherry on top. So yeah, I love that. So let's bring in Mr. Rafael. How you doing, brother? Hi. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. So where are you from? I'm from Colorado. Oh, okay. Is that where you're investing in right now? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah? Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Okay. So a little bit of background on myself. I have two rentals and I was getting into right now, ever since February, into what was going to be a fix and flip. But because of, I don't know, the certainty of the market, I think I'm going to, I would actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to hold it. So I'm going to rent it out. Okay. Good for you. Now, did you think of that strategy before you got the property or are you kind of doing a pivot and going from there? Yeah, I'm actually, it's actually an exit strategy that I thought of just because I I don't know what the ARV may be or if the, you know, the price drops or anything like that. Uh, So renting it out would actually give me a pretty good cash flow. That's awesome. When we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, we had Steve and Joe on and they talked about having two exit strategies. So that's great that you're already doing that before you even have your deal in place. That's awesome. And how many deals have you done uh, before this one? Uh, So I have two rentals. And this was going to be my first fix and flip, but now it's going to be my third rental. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Do you plan on flipping the property after this whole pandemic, maybe selling it off, getting some money out or what's your plan post pandemic? Oh, okay. So yes, I do think of it. I was actually deciding whether I want to do a six month lease with tenants or month to month. 
or maybe a year. So I would think probably next summer is when I want to get rid of it. Okay. Oh, okay. Any reasoning for that? Or you just think that would be a long enough time for all this to be over with? Honestly, I'm kind of deciding still just because it's going to cash flow pretty good. So I might keep it, to be honest. Uh, and then because what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a burr and then get the money out and then get into a flip eventually. That's hilarious. You're going to end up keeping it, bro. I've, I've regretted every <laughs> property that I sold. Even the flip that I had, I know right now would have been cash flowing, you know, pretty well. So any property that I've ever sold, I've regretted. I've loved, I love the hunt. I love the deal. And then it's like I'm married to that property and I'm just giving it away. Like I end up like wanting to keep it as long as the cash flow is working. What I end up doing is getting a line of credit on a property if I want my money back. I just get a line of credit out, use it again. The, the rent pays off the line of credit, but there's a bunch of strategies, man. So that's, that's really cool. The property that you're, that you're going to be renting. When do you, when are you going to finish? What do the numbers look like? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I got actually through a wholesaler, uh, with the $10,000 non-refundable, um, earnest money. So that is oh. one of the reasons why I kept going with the property. Right. Yeah. It's kind of hard to back out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was, it was either say bye bye to my 10,000 or move forward and come up with that exit strategy. So actually the, the way that I got this one as a wholesaler, it was kind of first come first serve. So I got a buddy, a contractor went to look at the property. I didn't even look at the property at all. And then on the spot, we put the $10,000 down. It was a good spread for a flip. Then at two weeks after I went for the appraisal. And I actually looked at the property and I was like, wow, this has a mother-in-law in the basement, has its own entrance. This will be a great rental. But my head was still on the flip. You know, I was still thinking flip, flip, flip. I got to do that. <laughs> and then the coronavirus happens. So then I'm like, okay, okay, I'm reaching out to a few people that know. Actually, Steven was one of the people that I, I also reached out to on Facebook. And I was like, what should I do? Everybody's like, exit strategy, try to get, you know, a, a rental, make it a rental. So that's like exactly what I did. So I decided to just go ahead and do that. But I was going to purchase the property with the Harmony lender. And then they eventually, halfway through the deal, they backed out. They were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're only going to do like 50% LTV, which was like not not what I wanted to do. Did they back out because of coronavirus and what's happening? Yeah. Broker that I was talking to said that the CEO was not really doing anymore. They were making you, you know, put more money down and not really going to finance you on the uh, rehab. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pay the rehab myself. And I found another uh, Harmony lender that I could use. So I'm closing on the 3rd of uh, April. Okay, cool. I love that you grinded through it. I know that 10,000 was a big motivation, right? To like not back out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. But even without the 10,000, let's say that it was only a thousand dollar earnest money. You know, I would challenge you to do that throughout your career, man. Like continue to grind through obstacles because you're going to get a lot of those. You're going to get a lot of obstacles. I mean, every single property that I've purchased, even to this day, man, have had obstacles up until closing. Like I've never per se had a perfect closing, nothing going on, right? So I've always had to persist through it. Even at my closing company, my sister works there and she's always like, oh my gosh, another Felipe property. Here we go. Like we got every single thing. There's always something, man. So I'm just proud of you for grinding through it, man. So I think that's awesome. So once you close, uh, what's the plan? Are you going to start right away on the rehab? Do you think you'll be able to find contractors? 
Yeah, so the rehab, I actually had a, my, my friend that is a contractor, he's going to help me out. The rehab is only going to be 20000 maybe twenty five. you know, worst of scenario. I actually called my pro- project property management for my other uh, properties, and I was like, hey, how, how much can I get rent here? And then, so the mortgage is going to be about 1700 1800 and for each floor, because it's it's going to have it's two bedroom, one one bathroom on the first floor, and two bedroom, one bathroom on the basement. It actually has a kitchen in the basement as well. So I, I'll be able to collect... Uh, she said sixteen hundred each, so it's wow. going to be about thirty two hundred, and mortgage is going to be about seventeen eighteen hundred. So it's going to cash flow at least nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that's awesome! And is the mother in law suite the one downstairs? Yes, correct. Yes. Cool. So that will be Very your nice. mortgage after you refinance, correct? Correct. Yeah, after I refinance. Okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a goal to refinance as soon as I get a rehab and refinance it with thirty year, and it should be good. And how long do you think it's going to take for you to rehab it and get it refinanced and rent it out? It's going to be quick, actually. Uh, Guy told me three weeks because everything, like the basement is already set up. People are actually using it as a rental in the past. So there was a person living on the top and a person living on the bottom. So it just needs paint, a little touch up, and it should be good. Are you worried about um, contractors not being able to work at all? I know in New York State, where I'm from, we've had they put a hold on non-essential construction projects. So I actually had someone staying in my Airbnb, and they had to postpone it a month because their house was getting remodeled. But now the contractor can't work because of this new rule. Do you have any fear that might take place in Colorado? No, I don't. I mean, I'm a little bit. So I think he should be able to go in, go in there and do it right away. But I okay. actually calculated everything to like a four or five month. Oh, so you have time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I calculated all that on my cost because I was like, you know, uh, worst the scenario, four to five months added up or like I saw the interest for the hard money lender. So I calculated all that and that should be good. Are you worried about uh, tenants at all, Rafael? Are you worried about finding the right tenants or kind of what's your strategy uh, regarding that? Let's say you do finish it in three weeks. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so I talked to my uh, property management uh, company and they, they're still getting people renting out. Like uh, I actually nice. bought my second rental in September and they were able to get someone in within two weeks. Now, a little, it's a little bit different now, but, but they, they tell me they're still pretty busy. People are still looking for homes. They need a place to live. So. I actually have a question here from someone on Facebook for you. Okay, so it's from Dina. Hi, my first house hack with no tenant and the pandemic first mortgage due tomorrow. Stressed out, but I have my mortgage. Any ideas for next month? Tenant traffic is slow. Well, I wonder where that where that is because that might be in a different a different state. I would say either. I don't know if they have a property management in place. I know that, that's usually who I use. I don't, I don't have too much experience with like the lease and all that stuff, but I usually have someone else in my team that helps me out with all that. And I ask questions. I actually have three property managements, people that I ask questions for. And I actually, and I asked them as well right now, they make sure that they still employed. Uh, they ask them questions. Hey, are you going to, do you think you're going to lose hours later on in the next couple of weeks, month? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they ask all those questions. How did you find your property managers? I was actually in a in a group where we just uh, meet every week from different uh, businesses, and we refer each other uh, referrals for our businesses that I was back in the day. Here we go, meetups. Another common theme why everyone has yeah. to join a meetup. <laughs> we've heard we've heard meetups a hundred times, man, yeah, and I think Kristen we're going to hear today. it over and over again. Kristen said yeah. the same thing. I think a lot of success comes from coming together and bouncing ideas off of each other. I might have a problem that you've already had a solution for and vice versa. So we're able to 
um, jump back and forth. You know, I would tell, I can't remember who asked that question a minute ago, but I would tell them, you know, make sure that you're using every avenue, Craigslist, Facebook, join groups, REIs. If you're out there doing everything you got to do to find tenants, you know, you're, you're going to find people that need a good place to stay and you're going to find quality tenants. So join REI meetings, get together with other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, like-minded people, and you're, you're going to find it, you know? And, and so I think that's awesome. Yep. Raphael, do you want to take one more question? Yeah, sure. Okay. This one is from Jake. It says, now seems like a good time to work on your own deals. Pay yourself as you would a contractor if you're handy. Okay. I guess it's not really a question, but do you want to at least comment <laughs> on that? <laughs> yeah. So I was actually thinking about doing the paint myself. I, I painted like my bedroom back in the day. So I was going to take that job on onto this since I have, I have quite some time. So I might just lock myself in there by like sleeping bag and right. spend a night yeah. do it again. Yeah. Next day. <laughs> just get it YouTube, done. man. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is like the new university. Yeah, that's what I told my husband. I said, if we are like shelter in place and can't leave, we're packing up and moving to one of my rehab units. (laughs) Packing up the kids and everybody. We're all going to get this ding done. It'll be like camping. (laughs) Let me ask you the last question, man. Let's review those final numbers on on your deal. Walk us through the deal real quick. The numbers, how everything is going to work out. So, yeah, so the purchase price was three thirty, and then based on the coronavirus, I went back to the wholesaler. I was like, "Hey, you know, is there any <laughs> coronavirus discount per se, or you know, <laughs> you know what's going on right now? So, is there anything room that you can, you know, you can do something?" So he he lowered down to like fifteen thousand. So it was ended up wow. being three hundred and fifteen, which is still, you know, it's it's it, it's a little bit. So it's gonna help me out. And then I am spending twenty thousand in rehab, and then I'm probably gonna do a burr. So I'm going to rehab it and I'm going to rent it out and then I'm going to, I'm going to refinance it and get my money out pretty much. Cause it's uh, the ERV of this, of this property is 430. So wow. that was about a hundred spread, 110. I mean, that's just the truth of, of running your numbers during this time. And if the numbers work, you know, one of my mentors told me, Felipe, if the numbers work, the economy, it doesn't affect real estate. If your numbers are, you got a hundred thousand dollars spread. And your rehab is way under that, right? Your refinance is going to be great as long as you can get your money back out and then just redo redo it over and over and over again. You know, you're going to rent it out for thirty two hundred bucks. You're not going to sell it. You're going to want to keep no, that cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> also for for the tax purposes too, as well. Enough. Yeah. You know, you got to pay yeah. high taxes. I'm probably going to keep it for two years, to be honest. Just not paying taxes on it. Heck yeah. That's great. Do you have uh, one piece of advice you'd like to give everyone who's maybe thinking about maybe that this is their first time getting into a real estate deal? They've been looking and now they're kind of hesitant to actually get started. Do you have any advice for them? Uh, I have a couple. Uh, So just make a lot of connections, meetups, Facebook groups. I actually um, I probably get 20 to 40 deals through wholesalers, through my phone, all over the United States. I just signed up at the beginning. I just want I just want to check out all the deals, run numbers. I'm not yeah. going to buy all of them, but I hate it. And that's kind of how I got started. You know, I get, I probably get 10, 15 from California and I'm not even there, but I just like yeah. to look at it and all that. <laughs> that's also the practice. So yeah, that, that's probably one of the best things to do. And then also reach out to people. Uh, like I reached out to Steven, I reached out to Joe, like a bunch of people. Uh, they responded to me, you know, what should I do on this, on this, on this thing, um, on this deal. And then most people were just like exit strategy is the way to go. Always yeah. have an exit strategy. That's great advice. Rafael, I well, love, I love yeah. that you're killing it, man. I think that's awesome. I want to see you continue to grow, bro. Make sure that you're, you know, putting it in the real estate rookie Facebook group, man. We want to see the outcome. We want to see some post pictures. And if you're in your sleeping bag painting, bro, we got to see that one. <laughs> 
right, Raphael. Thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, thank you. Enjoyed having you, bro. Good luck with your rehab. He was cool. I I'm wondering if he would really do something like like have this. I can I just I'm a visual person, so I can see him like sleeping in his sleeping bag in the room, waking up, painting, going right back to sleep when he's done. I think that was. Funny. I can already see your wheels spinning as to something you could do similar to like that to post on Instagram. <laughs> I'm so gonna do that. That's hilarious. Okay, so All right, take this one. Some questions for us now. Okay, this one is yes. from Tristan. Hey guys, I recently bought my first house and paid cash for it. My plan was to be able to pull money out of it by either HELOC or refi. Now with all that's going on, it seems to be hard to get the credit and stuff. What's the way in your opinion to be able to get another property without needing to pay 20 to 25% down since it's classified as an investment property? Good question from Tristan Church. So I would uh, definitely explore the option of uh, HELOC or refi as much as possible. I would not just go on one bank or one lender or whatever. I would call many, many. I mean, if you call 10 to 15, you're going to get maybe not the answer you're looking for, but you're going to get more options. And that's always a good thing. So really, really, really stress the refi or the HELOC as much as possible so you don't have to put 20 to 25% down. And another thing that I would be doing as well is if you're going to be buying an investment property during this time, things right now are not business as usual. You can call banks. Everything is negotiable. If you have a property that makes sense, that the the lease is going to be great, going to have good tenants, you know the numbers work and you take it to a bank. I've seen banks drop that 20, 25%. One of my flips that I did in Cookville, Tennessee, the bank let me down to 15%. So 20 to 25% is just, it's not, nothing's a law. I mean, you can take your different options to the bank and say, hey, look, what if I do this, this, and this, and we do this option? I mean, be negotiable, take your plan, be ready don't go into a meeting and just see what they tell you. Go into a meeting prepared, be negotiable. You know, you don't have to always put 20% down. Look for a hard money lender that might be able to help you. So those are kind of the things, some of the things that I would be doing. And, and I'm a big believer in if you have a deal, the numbers work, the money is going to be there. Like it's not impossible. You're going to make it work. Push through that. I also think that you should, I think it's important to focus on the strategy of refining or getting a HELOC because I think you'll have a better chance at that right now than doing a new purchase, especially since you own that property already in cash. I think it might be a better outlet for you. I would go to small local banks, credit unions, yep. and like Felipe said, talk with them. There are, there are people out there still lending. I'm have a loan I got called today that I got commitment last week and I got the call today that the appraisal is getting started. So there definitely are banks that are still lending out there, even and this was on an investment property. So I would say, you know, still keep looking out there. It's all about relationships. I had a really interesting call yesterday. My bank called me and was like, hey, Felipe, thanks for referring, you know, because I refer all business to my bank that needs loans or whatever. And they said, right now, we're not going to be doing uh, business with people we don't have relationships with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's even like, <laughs> I know she didn't email it to me, but yeah. she called me and she was like, no offense to anyone you're sending. Thanks for the people you have been sending. But right now we're doing business with relationship clients. And I, I was like, something similar. interesting. I reached out to a bank that was referred to me and they actually said yeah. that the property I had was out of market and they're only oh. lending in their market. And usually they will make exceptions, but they're, they're not currently making. They're exceptions basically doing market. relationship yeah. only. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. So our next question is from Jake Rogers. 
Is there a way to refinance a property without a full-time job? Ha ha. (laughs) So I'll I'll give it like a quick, easy answer. My sister, she, when she graduated college, she was 20 and she had a part-time job and got a mortgage, an FHA loan for a duplex. So I don't, for a part-time job, yes, but part-time job was still W-2. So I don't know if maybe that's more what you mean uh, by your question, because that is a lot harder to get a loan without W-2 income. If you're self-employed, you can definitely get it, but you want two years of tax returns. I found most banks want some, maybe even three, especially on the commercial side. Uh, the two commercial loans I did the past, in the two months, there's they both wanted three years of tax returns, not two. Um, what do you I think, think it always goes back to relationships, Ashley. My bank that I used prior to the one I'm using now, and maybe I should be shopping around for more banks because I'm really, I'm really just using one bank right now, but maybe I should have a couple more. But my bank prior to this that I used out in Cookville allowed me to refi with leases in place that were signed for a year. So as long as I had leases that were signed for a year and I was in good standing with my mortgage payment, like they were willing to look at other things for the refinance versus just my W-2 job versus, or, or just my self-employment. Cause I've always been self-employed since I graduated high school. So I've been able to use that. I've always had to find ways to get creative because I've never had, well, I've had a W-2 job, but just not long. Um, and a lot of banks are like, well, we know you don't have that history. So let's look at your leases. Do you have good standing? And you know, history and was relationships that, say a lot. Was that on the commercial side or residential side? That loan. It was a four unit apart. It was a six unit small apartment complex. So it was a quadplex and a duplex. They were separate buildings. So they were able, but because they were on no, one, the it loan was the loan was commercial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. going to say that has more flexibility. <clears throat> if you go on the commercial <clears throat> side than the residential side. So that right. is a great point, Felipe. They'll look at the leases and you know, what, what profit is that building going to give you? And will it be able to cover the mortgage. You want awesome. to take the next question? Let's do it. Aaron Anderson. Oh, I love the picture of him and his son. I think the, the glasses, that's a really <laughs> cool the picture. Sunglasses. Aaron Anderson says, I keep hearing success stories from people using wholesalers. Where is the best place to find wholesalers? I'm in Washington, but open to investing anywhere. Man, so you go Meet to this, up. there's this website. <laughs> it's like a Walmart for wholesalers and you just pick them off the shelf. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You... um. I can go first on this one. I think yeah. to find really good wholesalers is connections. I sound like a broken record. REI meetings. You go to meetings where 10 people have used the same wholesaler and had success with him or her, then, then that's who you use. You, you don't, I would not Google wholesalers in Washington. Like that, that's just not how I would do it. I would look for just like I find good plumbers. I ask for references. Just like I find good partners. I look for references. Just like I would find good wholesalers, I look for references, people that have used this wholesaler strategically in the past and have had good outcomes with them, then that's why I use even if I have to pay a little more on points to get that money, as long as they have a good rapport or a good business standing within the REI community where I'm going to invest, I will use that wholesaler. Ashley, what about you? Yeah, I agree with that. Referrals are definitely king on this topic. But what you can do too is you can post on social media. And that's how I've connected with a couple wholesalers. They actually just messaged me and said, hey, we know you're from Buffalo. We wholesale in Buffalo. Would you like to be on our buyers list? And I said, yes. So now I get emails from them. Uh, So you could go ahead and, you know, 
put it out there on social media that you're or in different uh, Facebook groups, even, hey, anyone, you know, know wholesalers or uh, is anyone a wholesaler? I want to be on your buyers list. And then you can run the numbers on the deal yourself. You could get to go look at the property. The emails I get have pictures. The, the rehab numbers you want to come up with, you don't want your wholesaler to tell you the whole, the rehab numbers anyways. So, nope. you know, you, they'll tell you what their purchase price is, what they're asking, um, what the wholesale fee is. And then you go and look at the property and you look at the neighborhood. And I haven't bought one yet, but I still get excited when I see the emails and I get to run numbers on a deal. So I would suggest trying to do it that way too. And then you can always ask them for references. Hey, do you have uh, some buyers that you worked with that I could talk to about you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like a contractor, you're going to ask a contractor for you know pictures and, and good customers that they've served or, or that have been served. You, you do the same thing, I think, with wholesalers. You treat them yeah. just as another team member of part of your business and you make sure that they are uh, who they say they are and not just, you know, some person that wants to screw you over or whatever. So make sure you right. do your due diligence with that. Okay. You ready to wrap it up? I'm getting sick of talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's it wrap more, it up, Ashley. It was more fun when we had the guests on. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, no, Ashley hates me, y'all. I just like to harp on. Lessons that we learned today. What do you got, Ashley? What have we learned today? Uh, okay, number one thing I'm going to say is exit strategies. So important because. Oh, we I thought you were going to say REI meetings. <laughs> that I You're didn't write that down them. to say on my list, but I wrote exit strategies first. So. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so exit strategies have at least two of them. So. Whether you're going to rent it out, you're going to sell it, those two right there, simple, easy ones, or maybe even you'll wholesale it, who knows, but very important to have two strategies. Maybe you'll even have the opportunity you could turn it into a house hack, or you can just rent it out altogether. What do you think about exit strategies? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think that's really smart. Uh to make sure that you have two exit strategies right now when you're purchasing properties. You know, a year ago, things might have been a little different. You buy a flip, you sell the flip, move on, right? I think that that would have, that was cool. But I think right now is a time to pivot a little and uh, make sure that you have two exit strategies when purchasing a property, whether it's going to be renting or refinancing or flipping and holding or, you know, two complete separate and the numbers have to work from both. Dr. Joe, I think, taught us that on the last episode. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really good. Um, I think one of the things that I learned for sure, and we talk about all the time, REI meetings are really important, but shop, when you shop around or when you're going to get a lender, shop around, look for people that have used that lender, ask people how the experience went, what it looked like. Are they, uh, who they, are you going to close, you know, where was the closing process smooth with this lender? So shop around for lenders, make sure you get plenty of references treat them as another part of your team. And even lenders, you can just Google too. So, okay, yeah. Google, because you're just going to call them and you're going to get, you want a term sheet from them that will show, you know, what your interest rate would be, what your, you know, amortization is, how many years of payments you have. I think that's something you can actually Google, you know, it's maybe not like a private or hard money lender, but a, a bank you could, because you're just going to call them and you're going to ask them the same questions that you would any other bank. So, I think um, exactly. looking for small banks in your area, trying new ones, that's a great idea. Shop around. And then what else did we learn today? Concessions from sellers, uh, negotiating purchase prices. Yep. Ask for, what did he ask for? Like $13,000 off after $20,000 is what he got it down to. I think that's awesome. Yeah. The original it, it, asking price is 45000 I think. And then down, down to, to 20000 Yeah. 
like a dream it. come true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to do that from now on. I'm just going to do embarrassing offers and see what happens right now during the COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the, oh. one of the things that I think a lot of, a lot of the investors that we just talked to have in common is that real estate is essential, right? Real estate is something it's, it's, I don't want to say it's as, as essential as food and water, but it's pretty close. I mean, people need a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. And as real estate investors, we can provide that, right? We are putting, you know, heads in beds. And that's really, that's really important. I mean, you know, people yeah, need a shelter a is to, an essential. Yep. There you go. And we're providing that. So I think if you have the resources to be able to provide that, go for it and continue to push forward with real estate. It is an essential need right now. And if you guys have concerns this week about a deal that you're going through, Fleet Bay and I are going to be very active in the Facebook group this week, asking or answering your guys' questions. We want to help you guys get through this as much as we can. Um, if you have tenants you're worried about not paying, um, Fleet Bay, you made that YouTube video, gave great advice. You guys can find that um, on Bigger Pockets YouTube. But we're here for you guys and we want to help you guys because you guys help us too. And we love reading your responses and your recommendations in the Facebook uh, group. So if you want to, if you're not in the group already, you can join it. Just search real estate rookie on Facebook. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, I never get tired of talking to you. I would love to stay on here forever and ever. Um, but <laughs> I love talking to, your call to you right after this. <laughs> oh, I will. Hey, Ashley, what was that? <laughs> well, I'm glad okay. we got to jump on here. Yeah. And thank you to Jeremy and Kristen and Raphael for being on the show today. Uh, we had a lot of Absolutely. fun. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.